You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. So I wonder, does it ever not rain on Ferenginar? <laughs> Veronica Daschle. Hi. And joining us as a special guest tonight, we're joined by Navia, a.k.a. That Girl Avon on TikTok and Instagram. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Now, and before anybody asks, no, she's not named after the Marlo Thomas series because she, she doesn't know what I was talking about. Don't worry. Keith asked about that before we got started. Yeah. Now we have to watch it. I'll report back to you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Navi, you and Veronica um, met on TikTok. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was TikTokers. <laughs> she she was the, actually the first person I reached out to on TikTok. I was like, hey, so how do you edit your videos? Because I knew like nothing about TikTok. <laughs> awesome. And we already have a comment in the comment section hello commenter and the comment is uh ufo p7 oh you not a fair should have been at 1701 <laughs> how's it going <laughs> i saw the ufo first and then yeah, i realized that's what I it. it was the united federation of planets me too and then wayne our buddy tiger blades 2002 wayne. is in the comments and says hey welcome, wayne uh welcome to the show folks what's up wayne yay now go ahead with what you girls were saying Oh yeah, that that was about it. Okay. Yeah, that was it. I reached out to you. <laughs> okay, so one of the first people I started following on TikTok. And Navi, I'm I assume that you're a Star Trek fan. <laughs> yes, yes. Or else you're for a rough hour. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> well, what got you into Star Trek? Uh, it was LeVar Burton. I was a big Reading Rainbow fan. And then as I got oh. older, yeah, I was just like flipping through channels. So I was like, Who, that weird guy with the glasses looks super familiar. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the Reading Rainbow guy. And then I had to watch it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've told this story on our podcast before, but when I was in the first grade, I was a fan of both Reading Rainbow and Star Trek mm-hmm. The Next Generation, which had just started. And uh-huh. they did a, a Reading Rainbow special where he went behind the wow. scenes of The Next Generation. And I was six years old or something. And so everyone in the class was trying to figure out who, because he mentioned he played someone on Star Trek. We were trying to figure out who he was. And like it was a mystery because we were six. And then it was like a big reveal when he put his visor on. And we're like, oh. <laughs> it was like Clark Kent with the glasses, you know. Crazy. And watching it now, it's it's pretty apparent. It, yeah. You know, you know, but, you know, for a, a, a group of six-year-olds, it was it was, a, it was a big deal. Thrill. <laughs> well, here Thrill we go again. It's funny because my first exposure to LeVar Burton was as Kunta Kinte mm-hmm. in the miniseries Roots. And what's kind of ironic now, of course, then he, he, I, I don't think I've even watched five minutes of Reading Rainbow. I'm a little bit past that age. Right. But <laughs> what I think is... Because you were in your 20s when it was on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's normal that you weren't watching. Yeah. It, it'd be a little weird if I was watching that in Teletubbies when I was an adult. But right. Well, Teletubbies, I don't yeah, know. Teletubbies just, was even after our time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what's so funny when you look back on it is when TNG first started, LeVar Burton was the star. In that cast. Oh, wow. And the others were nervous. Even Patrick Stewart was nervous because he, if you think about who was in that cast, they're all household names to us now, but mm-hmm. none of them was what you would call just a super well-known actor at that time. Mm-hmm. LeVar wow. Burton was the most consistently famous. Worf was the dude on Chips, primarily. Oh, uh, but unrecognizable. Yes. As yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Denise Crosby was Bing Crosby's niece. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if she'd done um, for, um, 48 Hours yet. Okay. Marina Sirtis, people had seen her in certain things. Gates McFadden, she'd been involved with Labyrinth and some other stuff. But if you think about that first cast, nobody was really, really famous but LeVar Burton. So mm-hmm. he was the guy. Yeah, he didn't have top billing, but I think he was certainly yeah. had the most exposure here in the U.S., mostly to folks like me, who was six years old <laughs> at the time. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, to adults as well, because, like, as you said, he was in Roots, and, and he was on yeah. besides that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Navia, what is your favorite Star Trek series, if you had to pick one? Uh, DS9, hands down. Yes! Oh, awesome! <laughs> awesome, that's great! 
It's really funny because when I was watching Star Trek for the first time, like I, I read it and everything was already available and everyone was like mm-hmm. trashing DS9. So it was the very <laughs> last Star Trek of the original. So I watched because I was so scared. And then I watched, I was like, what are people talking about? This is the best thing ever. I was shocked. Right. <laughs> Chuck will tell you, it took me him forever to get me into DS9. And he refused to start Voyager or Enterprise <laughs> before yeah. he, I, I love DS9 because he was afraid I was going to like them better. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> both Voyager and Enterprise, I would say, are about what they are from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. whereas DS9, it, it takes a while for it to really show yeah. its potential. You know, I mean, it's hard to say to someone, oh, just watch about 60 episodes of this show and then you're really going to start liking it. You know, that's a, that's a big commitment. But yeah, I was yeah. afraid that, you know, I, I, we're married and I live, we live together. And if you all were somewhere running around the house saying Enterprise was better than DS9, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was too busy playing Civ 5 to, right. to know what was going on. So he just played in the background yeah. while, I, while I played Civ 5. And it was, now it's my favorite. And then I want to start talking about it. It's gotten to the point now where if I try to play something else when we're going to sleep, she'll make me turn on DS9. It's <laughs> our go-to show. For wow. Yes. Well, I remember when DS9 came out. And to your point, Navia, the point was I remember everybody literally saying, and after a while, people thought they were clever and it was no longer clever. It doesn't go anywhere. And that was yeah. the thing. It was the whole thing because it was a space station. They really took that so-called wagon train to the stars for the original mm-hmm. series way too literally. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that killed it. And yeah, we talked about this before. It really wasn't great the first season or two, as in it wasn't different enough from TNG. But as Charles mm-hmm. was saying, it found its legs, especially when the same th- what happened, basically, as we know, the showrunners, Berman and Braga, were busy elsewhere. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> the right. folks left behind turned that show into something completely different. Yeah. What they left behind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to grab a couple of comments real quick. Wayne, and this is was in response with Keith when you were saying that you recognize mm-hmm. LeVar Burton as Kunta Gente. Uh-huh. Wayne said, same here, Keith. Did we date ourselves? <laughs> I, I still haven't watched Roots. I think I'm, I like seeing parts of it, but I still have not actually watched. Well, then we need to. Oh, yes. well, Wayne, you're going to find out one day that I'm I'm actually Flint because the man can have all kinds of forms. <laughs> right. So nobody will guess my age. I'll stop and, talking. And then UFOP1701 says, TNG will always be my favorite, but it's because that's mm-hmm. the first I watched. That's the first I watched. Yeah. 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 Uh, Same here. Yeah. So TNG is the first you watched? Yeah, it was the ah, first I watched. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It right. was the only one I had seen now, prior to Chuck. <laughs> now, Navi, when you were watching it, were you watching it just on television? Were you seeking it out on streaming? No, I, I was watching it way before like TiVo and DVR. So it was okay. like on the Spike channel. That's where I was watching yeah. it on Spike. It was okay. the weirdest thing. Now, was that with the we- Spike used to do that thing where there was like comments during the show and like pop ups? And remember, there used to be, they used to do scroll and people can talk about the show. I think this was a little bit before. Okay. So you yeah. got to, it was actually the whole screen was Star Trek, yeah. not <laughs> yeah. a window on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I don't they were, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> so have you ever gone backwards to watch the original series or even the animated series? Uh, I've tried watching the original series, but I just I just can't get into it. I know people like are gonna hate me for it, but I just can't. Nah. <laughs> I've seen like the important episodes, but mm-hmm. I haven't watched like a full uh watch okay. of the whole series. Awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> I know you've been keeping up with new series, though. Yes, yeah. Well, what's your favorite of the new shows? Uh, Discovery, because it started the Renaissance. Like, we right. have to love Discovery for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, we didn't do news this week, but they've just recently announced the premiere date for Star Trek Discovery yeah. will be April the 4th, and it will be a double episode premiere. Yeah, so, almost a birthday present to me. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we've got a, we're going to the zombies concert on the third, Star Trek on the fourth, and then Bronca's birthday is on first contact day, the fifth. Oh wow! So we when have the, a big week. The, is that Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday? That's a Thursday. That's a Thursday. That's a yeah. Thursday. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. week. So we're going to have to figure out if we're going to be able to watch two episodes before our podcast or not. So uh, details yeah. pending on <laughs> our recording. But yeah, we'll have two episodes of Star Trek Discovery uh, in just about a month and a half. I wonder why they're doing that. It kind of annoys me because I want it to like last as long yeah. as possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's because they're debuting those two episodes at South by Southwest oh, uh, prior okay. to that. So probably mm. they're going to go ahead and put them out to cut down on the spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Because yeah. people are terrible. That's oh, true. God. There will always be somebody with first-itis who's trying to <laughs> get likes or, or whatever. 
All right. A couple more comments. Wayne says, I have no favorite Star Trek. And UFOP1701 says, I'm in the exact same. I've never been able to get into it. I think that was in reference to the original Mm -hmm. series. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, but yeah, we actually have a, a topic discussion. And Navi, you suggested this topic. So did you mm-hmm. want to introduce it? Uh, no, go for it. You guys can go ahead and introduce okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so what we're talking about is what would it be like living on the planets in Star Trek? And that could be either as a native and indigenous um, you know, character to that planet, or it could be as a human who's traveled to a planet, or I guess as an alien traveling to whatever whatever combination strikes anyone's fancy so if you have any ideas about that feel free to throw them in the comments and and we'll go ahead and get started who had a a planet that they would like to talk about and how life might be like on that planet Uh, i'm a huge vulcan fan so i want to start with vulcan okay yeah oh we never Uh, would guess what's done on the wall behind you Um, I think Vulcan has one of the craziest environments because they have like lava like going through Vulcan in some parts. They have like green like forests in Vulcan and like deserts. It literally Vulcan has everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's very earth like in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the now, lava part. <laughs> now have you read anything about the what we what is the kind of the prehistory of Vulcan? There's a there's a book called Spock's World that talks about that. Have you ever read that? No. Well, one of the interesting things about Vulcan, to your point about the deserts and stuff, is Vulcan was evidently a lush planet, a tropical planet. And millions of years in their past, the the book opens with almost like if you've ever seen 2001 with like early ape type people that are Vulcans. And they even talk about a thing called the this one male uh, hominid is going through what they call the rapture or the passion. And when you look at what they're describing, it's the Vulcan mating ritual, which evidently Ah. has been in their species for millions of years. But it's this lush planet and their sun has a solar flare and the solar flare hits Vulcan. And that's why Vulcan is decimated like that with the desert. And it killed a lot of the life. But the Vulcans were tough enough to continue living. That's why it's a desert planet. more than, And it also burned off a lot of the atmosphere. Okay. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. (laughs) Navia, when thinking about Vulcan, what was your ideas about what would we like to live on that planet? Boy. I don't know if I'd want to live on Vulcan. (laughs) I love Vulcans, but I think the Vulcans would put me in a mental institution because I'd be like, this girl is too unstable. (laughs) Right. That's true. Yeah. I feel like they'd do that with any human, but yeah. yeah. They they thought Tulin was too unstable. So we got no chance. (laughs) Yeah. I like how in the new Star Trek, they've shown a little more of the diversity of the biosphere on Vulcan. Um, Mm -hmm. You get scenes where they're next to a large lake or body of water and you get scenes where it's raining because surely that would happen. It's not just a red sky or just Vasquez rocks. You know, it's um, (laughs) (laughs) the the planet has some diversity to it. Yeah, I know that on in a muck time when they were on Vulcan, the air was very thin. Kirk had a hard time breathing. Right. And, um, you know, Vulcans, they said it in I guess the immune uh, in, um, operation annihilate the Vulcans had developed an extra inner eyelid that, you know, for the, the oh, protect against the bright I? light in Vulcan, you know? Yeah. So I imagine if you're a human being, you're gonna have a terrible time. Like Amanda Grayson is probably having a terrible time living yeah. on Vulcan. Yeah. She's like hardcore, like, like just like they described in that uh, strange new worlds episode, like mm-hmm. burning her hands with that pot. That's basically her entire life is <laughs> her brain and senses are just constantly burning. Mm. So she has more control than any Vulcan out. <laughs> yeah. Navi, you raise a really good point. And I've always thought about this. If you're in Starfleet or even just the Federation, I wonder if they sometimes match people psychologically to the planet they want to assign them. Mm. Because someone on Earth that we might call emotionally distant, perhaps even borderline sociopathic, might be okay on Vulcan because they show emotions. And I've always wondered, like, you wouldn't necessarily take a really, really meek person and make them an ambassador to to Clint, to Kronos. <laughs> and, no. yeah, and I wonder what kind of people are, are sent to Vulcan, because to your point yeah. about uh, Discovery, look at Michael Burnham the first year or two and the, and the way she was. She was so repressed, and she acted almost like a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we have a couple of comments I wanted to jump into. Now, Steve, this is a comment that came back when we were talking about the Star Trek shows. And he said, I grew up watching TOS reruns, but unlike later in life with Star Wars, where I wasn't a huge fan of the new material or the prequels, I instantly fell in love with Next Generation. Yay. And then in, in reference to the planets, Wayne threw out a planet that he'd like to visit. Earth. 
I'd like to go back to Chicago to see if Lake Michigan had dried up. <laughs> yeah, Earth Probably. would be, I think, interesting um, yeah. in Star Trek. And specifically, I'd like to see more of 32nd Century Earth just on the show. But yeah, I mean, Earth is a, a different place in the Star Trek future than it is today. Yeah, I like that. There's no cars in the road. People just walk around in the streets all the time. Yeah, because you they'll walk into the it. transporter and just go boop. Yeah, yeah. And then UFO P seventeen oh one said, "I mean, I know what planet I'm going to oh, go gosh. to." Rice. <laughs> I can't imagine living on Rice though. Yeah, that sounds same. exhausting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ryza would be a cool place to visit. Yes. It it, yeah. it might get you would probably get Ryza out after a while. <laughs> I, I think I might, yeah. but um Ryza would be an interesting place though. Yeah. It feels like Vegas to me. Yes. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, or, like there's no soul to that place. It's just like exists to make people happy. Right. Yes. Or, or like living in Orlando, mm-hmm. where it's just traffic from tourists all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and like also, going to Orlando. I do not like driving around in Orlando. <laughs> and also, as we saw in Deep Space Nine, it's an odd planet because it's not natively a tropical paradise. It's natively mm. just a rainy planet, like Ferenginar, and they have to use weather control. I'm still not sure why they chose it. Maybe where it's located physically, mm. but we saw in that uh, spoilers. Those haven't seen this. In my opinion, this really horrible episode where Worf turned off the uh, weather control. <laughs> <laughs> And it turned out it just rains all the time. It's a really miserable place to live. <laughs> but okay, so I, to be fair to Risa, I also feel like if you had been using weather control for so long and then you just uh-huh. turned it off, the complete opposite of whatever you had been <laughs> controlling it to do would happen, regardless of how it had been before. Mm. That's what I feel like would happen if you did weather control, <laughs> which is why I don't think weather control is a good idea. But that's another topic. <laughs> Uh, and it also shouldn't revert that quickly. And they turned it off, and like two minutes later, the, the planet had reasserted <laughs> itself. <laughs> yeah. And I think I had gone all day without thinking about that episode, Keith. So thanks. I know, that. right? <laughs> 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 all right. Elaine Sweatman is in the comments. Welcome, Elaine. Yeah, Elaine. Um, Elaine from Matt and Elaine Watch TV on Facebook. Everyone should follow. And Elaine says, I'd love for Star Trek to come back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And then Wayne said, Risa, a really nice version of the Philippines. Hmm. Okay, I'll take your word for that. Yeah, yeah. right. I've never yeah. been to the Philippines. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne's a military veteran, so he's he's probably speaking uh, from firsthand experience there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, who else has got a planet they wanted to throw out there? So I'd like to visit Ferenginar, okay. especially now, huh. based on what we've seen in Lower Decks, where mm-hmm. they're kind of more touristy, in certain areas at least, and... Mm-hmm. Females can wear clothing if they want to. Mm-hmm. So it would be an interesting experience <laughs> because, I mean, the, it's not like the, they're, they're, the Ferengi culture is still very, very much there of the what you think of the stereotypical Ferengi culture. Mm-hmm. But it's also a, open to whatever because Rom is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd kind of like really like to see that, like that blending of women who want to keep with the traditions and not wear clothing and women who are just like, eh, whatever, I'm going to wear clothing and yeah. and see how the locals would go if any of the local, the the visiting females would decide, eh, I'm not going to wear clothing because this is what Fringies do and so that's what I'm going to do too. <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Went on Fringinar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the walking around naked thing seems much better if it's optional. Yeah. You know, when they, they weren't allowed to wear clothing, that's not cool. But no. now if you can, right. if you want to walk around naked and no one cares, well, great. And I thought that was a really good addition that Lower Decks made yeah. was having the just mm-hmm. random naked lady Fringies just sitting around in the background, just mm-hmm. having dinner and stuff. And no one cares. Yeah. Uh, they didn't make it front and center or anything. And they didn't make a big deal about it. But mm-hmm. it was there. I will say that if we went to Ferenginar, I would like to stay indoors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like, though, if within their, like, at least their touristy area, they might have, like, a special get around town type of thing where you can put latinum chips in it and and <laughs> you, you know, you know, travel around. public transit's going to be on Ferenginar. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all you will feel afford to do <laughs> so so veronica what is it you want to actually see on Ferenginar? What, why would you actually want to go there i know you like the ferengi uh, by the way it. she loves ferengi but what, uh, what would you like to see there the commercials. Yes. <laughs> I want to watch the commercials. <laughs> I'm just going to watch TV. I'll just sit in the hotel room like Boimler. <laughs> I, would, I would visit the monument to Lost Dominion War Profits. Yes. <laughs> you got to pay your respects. Yeah. 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 I, I'd, I'd probably like follow basically what the Lower Deckers did. 
Except for Mariner. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd bar hop on Fringinar. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it's a, it's another planet. When you talk about Fringy like Vulcan, it would make you wonder what kind of humans could live there again, because the culture yep. is so different. You, you need a certain type of person to live there. Cause I think I, you know, you get irritated. You go to the lawyer, you got to pay somebody, you know, you got to bury somebody, you got to cut them up and sew off their body parts. You know, you, you get into whatever their health, what was their having the great, great, what was it? The great vault, great exchange, the great, whatever mm-hmm. you got to pay to get into heaven. I mean, my goodness, what a culture. <laughs> Do you remember the Star Trek next generation episode, uh, the neutral zone where they, yeah. um, those 20th century people were in cryo sleep and they woke mm-hmm. them up and Ralph mm-hmm. Oppenhouse was like the big eighties businessman Yeah, in the novels. He became the ambassador to Fer- to the Ferengi. Are you kidding? Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. It does. That you have this like 80s Wall Street guy and the Federation is sending him to deal with the Ferengi and negotiate with them. I thought that was a that was a brilliant move. Mm-hmm. You'd have yeah. to because you'd have to have people who kind of sort of have the same personality as that yeah. planet. Right. You have to understand respect their how culture. they think. Yeah. yeah. Swindling them back is showing them respect. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Certain people oh. in the Federation um, and Lower Decks knew that. Some people mm-hmm. did not. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Freeman came through on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who else has got a planet to be interesting to live on or visit? Andoria. Andoria. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's one I would just like to see. It's, I'm going to say just like Veronica said about Ferenginar, definitely a uh-huh. nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there because it's basically a frozen waste. Yeah. Then when you go on the ground, they got those crazy worms that drop out of the ceiling and burn you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's an enterprise reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would really like to visit. I forget the name. Is it the Enar? Enar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enar. Yeah. They're, they're sister species that are the Andorians who are blind and telepathic because I like their philosophy. They're actually kind of a gentle people and they're much more, I guess, for lack of a better way, uh, thing of saying, they're much more in tune with like nature and, and the universe and stuff like that. So I, I would like to visit just to see what produced that race. And I'm always fascinated, like with Fringinar and even Andoria, I'm always fascinated by a place that looks like that. And you just wonder, like, where did they first discover iron? Where did they build their first spaceport? You know, where did mm-hmm. where did their technology develop? If it's basically an ice planet all the time. Mm, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A couple of comments that I wanted to grab real quick. Uh, UFOP 1701 says Starfleet Academy might be back on Earth for the 32nd century. Oh, yeah. That's, true. that's yeah. a possibility. That would make sense. That would be interesting if they really did that. And it would be it would not be a boldly going show again. Yeah. but. <laughs> I my hope is if they show Earth and spend time there, they don't do what Star Trek Picard I think had a bad habit of making it just <laughs> like present day Earth, but in the future. You yeah. know what I mean? And I want it to yeah. be more Star Trekky. I, yes. I like those scenes like on um like when Harry Kim had that he woke up in the alternate universe back on Earth mm-hmm. and it, Earth feels mm-hmm. different. It's still a back lot, but like there's people out in the street and there's like monorails and stuff going by and right. You know, I, I like that. I, I want Earth to be a future Earth, especially in the 32nd century. I don't want it to be Blade Runner Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Stephen T. Fowler says Beta Z during wedding season. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> you might regret that. <laughs> right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Be careful what you wish for, Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wayne, uh, Tiger Blades 2002 says, I think I would have immediately been banned from Beta Z when they saw what I oh, was no. inside. My- <laughs> that's true. Because, um, Steve, I'll, that's a good point that Wayne's making that if you're going to a Beta Z wedding, everyone can hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Even yourself. the thoughts that you don't know you're thinking. Right. Yeah. They can, yeah. they can hear them right. loud and clear. Everyone turns around and looks at you. Uh oh. What did I just think? <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 see, that's a good point. I, would, I wouldn't want to be on that planet. Mm mm. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to be on a planet where they can read your thoughts all the time. That's 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 really intrusive. Right. Yeah. All right. And Elaine says, I wouldn't pass up a visit to Denobula. And I think I don't I'm not a big enterprise guy, so I don't remember the specifics of like the, what the geography and topography is like on Denobula. But what I do remember about Denobula is that they're very socially open. You know, mm-hmm. it, like Flox is like, oh, you, my wife wants to have sex with you. You should give it a try, you know, <laughs> which I, I I feel like a planet of those folks. I would be a little bit out of my element. The other thing that what, the, what one of the key things about Denobula is, do you remember the original um, Navia? You wouldn't know this one. The original, probably the original series episode, The Mark of Gideon. There is an episode. It's that episode where the planet is so incredibly crowded that they literally are trying to introduce a plague to kill off their population. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it seriously. Reminds me that... of going to Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one other thing about Denobula is it's incredibly crowded. Evidently, it's a huge, huge, huge population where you're never alone and there's people everywhere. And interestingly, there's an episode in Enterprise where there's a young ensign, I forget her name, she's an actress who died later on in life, but she was the one, for those who see it in Enterprise, she was kind of sort of developing a relationship with Dr. Phlox. And one time she almost touched him and he pulled away and she said, oh, I forgot, you don't like to be touched. So I think it's very interesting that evidently Denobulans don't like to be touched casually, but they love living on a super crowded planet. And then as Chuck says, their sexual mores are extremely open because almost every Denoblin, I think, has three spouses and every one of their spouses has three other spouses. Wow. So, oh, wow. so that's really interesting because, like, there's a, a certain type of, um, I, no, 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 whoa, I'm blanking on the word, um, neurodivergent who just does not like being, like, casually touched or just lightly touched. But yeah. they, they, they like hugs. They like, touching just not like the like like touching. and <laughs> yeah and, and it sounds like that that's and and they don't and they typically don't like big crowds either um in the neuro the neurodivergent ones you're but talking about it, people that are considered on the autistic spectrum yes or, that's typically that's very yes. common yeah um but it's very interesting like i can't imagine being like that where you don't like being casually touched and being in a crowd of people because that's like constantly being mm -hmm. casually touched but at the same time you know that you're going to be casually touched so maybe it's different in that yeah. sense but yeah it sounds like the nobulans just don't don't want you to touch them if you're not you don't, you don't mean it you know, like, <laughs> don't, 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 don't start something you can't finish buddy. <laughs> well you know they're almost like stereotypical new yorkers they live in a, mm. in a city with millions and millions of people but they do not you know they're not personable by certain people standards not for those of us raised in the south mm -hmm. and they kind of sort of don't like small talk and new yorkers please don't think i'm stereotyping the entire city <laughs> but it's kind of sort of like that to a certain right. extent <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they'd admit it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break for a commercial or two. And then we'll come back. We'll get back into some more Star Trek planets. So stay right there. As the temperatures get cooler, let's think back to a time where monsters fascinated our young minds where haunted houses and flying saucers were the stuff of fantastical dreams. Come relive those wonderful times with us every Monday at 5 p.m. It's Monster Attack on the ESO Network. We can't show you what happens in the felt nerdy and dirty show but we can show you the people responsible. Charles Kelso, Veronica Daschle, <laughs> Felt Nerdy and Dirty. You won't believe your eyes. And we're back. And uh, let's get back into some Star Trek planets. So a planet that keeps coming to my mind is mm -hmm. Bajor. Because I think of all yeah. the Star Trek planets we've seen, yeah. Bajor has the, the richest history and culture and art of the planets that we've seen. And they've been through a lot of you know modern history. Is, I mean, but they're, they were a planet who they, they were you know going to space when humans were still like discovering tools yeah you know and yeah. they had this, this great culture that unfortunately then they went through the the occupation um yeah. but that seemed to have made them more resilient um i just think bajor is a, a fascinating planet i would love to go to bajor and you know go to the museums and go to the memorials and go to the art exhibits and listen to the music uh, because we spent more time with bajorans than we did probably any other star trek race i mean aside from the, the ones that are on the main crew but i mean as far as seeing the planet i, mm -hmm. I, I haven't done a count but i wonder if we've seen bajor more times than any other star trek planet i would believe so with probably the possible exception mm -hmm. of vulcan mm -hmm. yeah or yeah. just bajorans coming to at least all the festivals and musicians and yeah there's always bajoran stuff going on on the station as well yeah yeah 
Yeah, I think that's true. And, and, and when you say that, Charles, I was thinking about the fact because they you're right in um, in Ensign Row when uh, Bajor was kind of sort of introduced as a, well, they really delved into the concept. You're right. Picard mentioned that they had a flourishing culture when we were almost barely in I don't know barely inventing tools in writing. Mm -hmm. And so, forgive me, that was me. Um, and so that means that I think about you know you have digs in in ancient in Greece and Asia Minor and China, and there's levels of cities beneath cities beneath cities and, mm -hmm. and Bajor must be like that because it's so incredibly old mm -hmm. um and they even had space flight centuries ago because of that weird subspace corridor that connects them to the space right near Cardassia you know right. remember when Cisco built that wooden ship which folks don't try that built the wooden <laughs> ship <laughs> no please don't do that <laughs> All right, we've got a couple of comments. Let's get cool. to. Um, Wayne said, hmm, sounds like my household. I agree, Veronica, but I missed what that was in reference <laughs> that was, to. That was probably in reference to when I was talking about the neurodivergent people and okay. being in crowds and gotcha. whatnot. Okay. UFOP1701 says, don't put flocks on the London underground. <laughs> well, he'd be okay as long as nobody touched him. Right. <laughs> and Wayne commented, mouth still hanging open after the commercial break. Well. <laughs> so those of you listening, go check yeah. out the Felt Nerdy and Dirty page yeah, we, we, and you can we, find it. We played an edited, ver <laughs> an edited version of the commercial here on the show. But yeah, if, you, if you're interested in Dirty Puppet Shows, go to the Felt Nerdy and Dirty um, <laughs> social medias and you'll see more than you asked for. Yes. Okay. UFOP1701 says, ooh, what about the planet from DS9 that phased in and out of the universe that you get to be in a pure energy state? I don't know if I'd want to be in a pure energy I know. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds really boring and I'd be stuck like literally in my head all the time and that sounds terrible. Mm. Yeah. They pass it off like the um, the kind of philosophical concept of nirvana where you're just in this kind of bliss state and everybody was, it was like everybody was spiritually joined. And it sounds like you don't get bored with the passage of time because you're in a different state. I mean, they were literally blissed out, but I agree with you. I don't think I would have that. I hate to sound like Kirk, but that doesn't seem like what I'm made for. You know, man must struggle to be more than he is. <laughs> right. well, it, it, I wonder if it would be a little like, um, like when when changelings link with one another, mm. you oh, know yeah. that he was oh. so into the link and yeah. sort of out of space time in his head that he came back and he was like, "Oh, I got to get to see Major Kira or say you know Kira for that meeting." And it's like that was two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> was like what? You know. But speaking of which, I wonder what it would be like to join the Great Link uh, for mm. a changeling because I mean the way they described it on the show, it was like the drop becomes the river or the lake and then the river mm -hmm. becomes a drop, but I, which I don't know that that means that, you know, you, the, that exact changeling like reforms all the molecules or if like just Odo is part of all changelings now, you know? Yeah. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, <laughs> that the, the changes of or the changes of that old term, the gestalt, Right, because yeah, they're, they're, you're right. They're just one really group mind. There's good and bad to that because they can regenerate each other. Other than that one plague that Section Thirty Nine created, Section Thirty One created. Oh, right? I was like, what? Yeah, that's the um, even more secret one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be kind of sort of immortal. But you know, that see now that one, Charles, that that goes back to culture and your very physical uh, psychological makeup is different because changes don't really go anywhere other than when they send pe their kids out to spy and right time you're right, they just kind of sit there in a big lake of goo and control the galaxy yeah. sounds boring to me but <laughs> i mean if that's all that you knew yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. knock it that's till you true. try it Keith. <laughs> <laughs> well what do we think that life would be like on something like talos four where they spend Ooh. all their time underground living out the fantasies of other beings that they've captured. And it seems like sort of just observers to those yeah. um, fantasies. Well, they wouldn't know any different, right? They would just think they're in that fantasy. So yeah, well the, the, the specimens do, but oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the keepers though are sort of watching. So I guess from either. Oh, you're talking about keepers funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or whoever. What do, I mean, <laughs> that's that's almost like us watching TV and movies and stuff, and then in our brains they were also there at the same time, which happens to me, and is why I have to stop watching shows sometimes. <laughs> um, but that's what it, that would seem like to me would be like just watching uh, 
all kinds of different TV shows. So, Nava, you made a very interesting concept where you said that they don't know. And I was thinking about the Matrix, the first Matrix mm-hmm. movie where the dude who betrayed them, Cypher, I think it was, when he was talking to Mr. Smith, but he remember he told him, when I'll let you plug me back into the Matrix, but he did not want to remember mm-hmm. that he lived in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. So would you, if you lived on Talos, would you want them to just wipe your mind so that you don't know you're living in an illusion? Or would you want to know that they're giving you an illusion? Mm. Oh. That's a good question. I don't think I'd want to know. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know. Yeah, yeah I case, definitely yeah. wouldn't want to know. In the case of the Matrix, there's no option, but now you live on terrible Earth being hunted by giant squid robots. <laughs> at least, if, you know, on Talos 4, presumably you have the option of leaving Talos 4 at some point yeah. to escape. But yeah, if I was in the Matrix universe, leave me in the Matrix. I'd rather live right. in the real world than, you know, live in that floating submarine with robot squids chasing me all the time. Yeah. Yes, please, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Talos 4 always scares me for one simple reason. We've seen this a billion times. We've seen it a billion times in Star Trek holodeck episodes. We've seen it in mm-hmm. movies like uh, Inception. How do you know that you've actually left Talos 4 once mm-hmm. you were there? Yeah. How do you really know? I think that would be a great episode of Strange New Worlds if all of a sudden yeah. he, re- he found out he was still on Talos 4. Maybe it's like wow. a double blind where he's not actually at the end, <laughs> oh, but it'd be God. a cool thing to play with yeah. where he yeah. doesn't know if he's actually gone from Talos 4 or not. Maybe that's going to be the end of Strange New World. No. Hey, this entire thing <laughs> actually just him. No. From <laughs> the entire time after Spock left him there. Keith would be so relieved those going not real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a way to duck all of the continuity complaints. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I called it right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Write, write down that day and time. <laughs> <laughs> so what other planets you got? Mm-hmm. Cardassia. Uh, well, How about Cardassia? Oh, what do you guys think about living on Cardassia? I would hate to live on Cardassia. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know because <clears throat> you still you still haven't listened to a stitch in time, but you've read it though. I've like, read it. I read it when it came out. Okay. I have the paperback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have have you listened to read to Stitch in Time, Keith? I have not. No. Have you have you listened to an audio? It's no. it's so amazing and it's a lot different, at least this perspective that we got from Garrick, mm-hmm. than than what you would expect. It almost seems like normal, and Garrick just kind of got sucked into the spy side of, mm. of things, which isn't the entire culture. There's a whole lot of other stuff, like his mom was the servant. Um and his his father which he grew up thinking was his father, but wasn't his actual father because we know who his actual father. Um, sorry, I mean you you know who his father is before you start yeah. time. But <clears throat> he had another not his father, but his father that was a gardener. Mm. So I mean, like there's it, it, Cardassia is almost like Earth. Well, that's the scary part about Cardassia is that it's almost like Earth. <laughs> yeah, it depends on where on Earth you are, and <laughs> but I mean. I think every time we've visited Cardassia, there are Cardassians saying, what are you talking about? This is just the way things are. This is a great place to live. Mm-hmm. But I don't agree with them because I would not want to, <laughs> you know, if, if I don't, if I get accused of a crime, I don't yeah. want to be guilty mm-hmm. and then have a mm-hmm. show yeah. trial. So everybody feels mm-hmm. better about me being executed. I would rather yeah. have, you know, a, 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 a real uh, Samuel T. Cogley can come over there and save me or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a Cardassian lawyer. Yeah, I haven't read that, but it's always seemed to me there's three there's three different Cardassias depending on when, because before they became the fascistic state that we saw in Deep Space Nine, they were actually a relatively peaceful and sophisticated oh, yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And then they became basically, you know, as we all know, they basically became Nazi Germany during the, the <laughs> occupation. And I don't know what happened after the founders killed, what was it, 800 million people or 8 billion or whatever it was. So I don't know what the post DS9 Cardassia is like. There, there was a little bit of that in, in the stitch in time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was kind of just like literally rebuilding from almost nothing at all whatsoever. And wow. And they basically weren't mourning their militaristic way of life um, from the little bit that you got from it, because a lot of it was hmm. was like Garrick's early life. But um, they were not looking to go back to the militaristic style. They were looking to move forward and move into another way of living. Yeah, but I mean, it, it doesn't take much. I think the whole story behind Cardassia was that it was a a resource poor planet, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that was what they were able to use to sort of get the support of the people. 
is that, oh, yeah, it's the same sort of thing that we see in politics today is, like, yeah. oh, well, these people over here are the, the reason that we're suffering. Why are, why are the Bajorans <laughs> yeah. on this paradise planet and we're, you know, struggling to get by? Mm-hmm. We need to take what they've got. And then so you know, they go over there and strip mine their planet and try to suck it all the resources out. Um, yeah ostensibly to make the people's life better. But right. anytime you see the people's lives on Cardassia, they don't seem all that great. No. So <laughs> I, I don't think that everything trickling down economics isn't working on Cardassia. No, it's not <laughs> because it doesn't work. Spoiler alert. <laughs> all right, let's get into some comments. Um, Wayne has said the, the great link would be a great discussion by itself. Yeah, it would. And yes. Jen said, Talos 4, again, sounds like my household. <laughs> and UFOP 1701 says, can I just live on the spa ship from Lower Decks? Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Where you don't have to, like, do anything. You just get pampered constantly. Mm. That sounds that sounds magical. I'll mm-hmm. go with that. That's what I want to live. Maybe, I want to live on the spot. Maybe ship. for like a day. I don't know if I'd want more than the day on that ship. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. As long as I can also like go play on my computer and play video games and read books and watch TV and get massages and just like it chill. Would, it would be like being on a cruise ship. It yeah. would get old. The only cruises we go on are music cruises. With <laughs> that is, okay, that is true. <laughs> that's true. Imagine a week on that cruise with no concert to go to. Yeah. Yes, but also in the Star Trek universe, the, the massages aren't like three hundred dollars for thirty minutes. <laughs> so I would go get a massage because it wouldn't cost more money. Right. I would go sit in the spa in the hot in the massage, and I would go like just chill in the warm pool with this little rolly massager thing that was really awesome, and I completely missed because I was too busy going to concerts. Oh. <laughs> well, before we got started, Veronica, you mentioned Kronos. Yeah. I, I don't remember why. <laughs> why would you want to go there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It was just the first planet that came to my brain. Okay. Uh, I, I would not want to go there. I don't think though. It it the little bit I've heard and read and seen sounds terrible. Like I don't understand why Klingons want to live there. I feel like they don't live a lot. Well, I don't know because we don't see a lot of Klingons other than the warrior race. And mm-hmm. I, there has to be Klingons other than just the warriors. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's, yeah. they're the warrior race, but yeah, there's, there's gotta be Klingon farmers and shepherds and bakers and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'd like they, to see. I'd like to see uh, the real they're world. They're without honor. Kronos. have we we actually seen the planet like the outside of buildings and everything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we've we've seen the like this there they had a map painting on next gen that i would always show where it's like cityscape on chronos it's the same one pretty much yeah (laughs) regardless of what city they're in and then on discovery there we went to chronos but it was like the alien district where the orions were yeah yeah yeah, so we've we've seen little bits of Kronos here and there. A lot of times, and we'll, we'll go and we'll see. It'll be like a temple chamber with a bunch of guys yeah, in Star exactly. Trek three costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nabia, are you familiar with the original series episode, uh, "This Side of Paradise"? That's no, the one that that's the one with the spores of the, the okay. spores that get shot at you from plants. Mm-mm. But it's a very great, it's an interesting episode. And here's the thing: I think this would be a planet that, if it really existed, the Federation would have no shortage of people who want to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the episode, Nadia, what happens is there's, there's the planet has radiation that will kill you, but there's a plant on the, there's, there's a spores, these bacteria that are in the entire environment. They get into your system and they protect you from the radiation, but they operate like a drug and they make you really happy and you're really chill. It's like you've been smoking weed all the time. <laughs> But they heal all your things. They like grow your appendix oh, back. Wow. You don't get sick. You probably don't age very much. And you literally are just blissed out. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, I really highly recommend watching it yeah. because it's okay. one of the best Spock episodes ever. Yeah. That's the one where he hangs from the tree and smiles, well, don't right? Spoil yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Sorry. Spoilers. Uh, and not to spoil it, but it, and I, I, yeah, we won't spoil it for you, but it, to Kirk, it's like hell because you're happy and there's no struggle. Mm-hmm. But in okay. real life, especially in a world like back in the 60s and 70s when yeah. people would do things like go to communes and smoke weed all day long, I think that that planet would be crowded with folks mm. yeah. because the spores don't hurt you. They just make you calm all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if it was a controlled environment, yeah. I could see where maybe you go there because you're not going to want to leave. 
And so there has to be an agreement when you go that someone's yep. going to yank you out of there in a week. <laughs> you know, they're not going to let you live there and hang from trees and go skipping through meadows your entire life. Right. You know, that at some point, somebody's going to yank you out. I was going to say, I feel like I would like to live there, but I wouldn't have to struggle. But then I remembered one of my favorite things to do is um, write um, Excel formulas and make things work and function. And it's very frustrating when it's not going the right way. But then when I make it go the right way, it's so rewarding because I went through all that frustration. So, yeah. But you know what? I think in this at home, that's, that's a whole other topic for a show. The thing is, it's not that you lose all ambition. You just, you're not really angry. And so, like, they still farm, they just don't eat animals because the animals died. Um, so, I think you could still do things. Now, I don't know if you write like Russian you know, Russian type plays and stuff. Cause you're not <laughs> miserable anymore, <laughs> but you could probably do puppet shows and, and sculpt and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But what would your puppet shows be about? Like, because it's, it's, there's no conflict. Mm. Like, what would your plays be about? There's no conflict. Cause you're happy all the time. You wouldn't understand conflict anymore. I This whole, this, this is definitely another time. I think that planet <laughs> exemplifies the concept of make love, not war. I mm. think that's what that planet's like, <laughs> would be yeah. like. Yeah, it was like a hippie commune, but exactly. Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, their minds were being expanded. <laughs> expanded. <laughs> All right, who else has a planet that they had in mind? Uh, Romulus before the incident. Romulus. Yeah, I would not want to live there either. Though. Yeah, a planet I would not want to live on. No, you haven't wanted to live on many of these planets, but you like to visit. That's actually cool. I, I get you. Yeah, you don't want to live on a planet where they're spying on you all the time. Yeah, no, thank you. Hard pass. Yeah. Back when they were making um, the first season of Picard, Michael Shabon had like detailed notes about his take mm-hmm. on life on Romulus oh, and stuff wow. like that that really? he's posted on like Instagram or something. But mm-hmm. they're they're interesting to read because. I mean, he was a novelist, so he's mm-hmm. going a lot of stuff that didn't wind up on the pay on the screen that he had sort of fleshed out for just story building purposes. But um, yeah, there's all kind of stuff with like Romulans or just the expectation is that you're being spied on and you have like mm-hmm. secret doors to get in and out of your house and, <laughs> and, and all this stuff. They have a secret name like no one can find out your name because it's a secret. Um, really? Yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting place. So, Navi, what would you like about it? Why would you want to visit? Uh, apparently, the environment is very much like Earth. Mm. So, oh, okay. it, it seemed like the most Earth-like planet. So, if I wasn't being surveillanced all the time, <laughs> I would want to visit. <laughs> right. Yeah, had, they have good ale. I'll say that for the Romulans. Their ale, you know, is, is famous on Star Trek. <laughs> as long as you don't get it, like, pre-made from yeah. Earth. Right. Yeah. Well, you actually Earth. get it from Romulus. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Charles, you said something earlier about that. that I think is very interesting. Star Trek, like so much science fiction, is famous for monocultures. Mm-hmm. And now we have some planet, we have some countries on our planet that are 100 percent what they are. You know, there's I'm not going to call out many, but you know, there's certain <laughs> Middle Eastern countries, for example, that they kind of are what they are. Mm-hmm. But I think what you were saying earlier about Cardassian stuff. Even if Romulus would be kind of a repressive state, that doesn't mean that you couldn't have a good time. Sometimes people can live their whole lives and enjoy it as long as they don't go too far. You know, like they don't get into politics. Yeah. They don't, you know, they they run a business, but the business doesn't get too powerful. You may always feel like you're kind of keeping your head down, but it mm. may not be as bad as you know it may seem from the from the from the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a good example of that, I. I have a lot of friends that live outside the U.S. that say that mm-hmm. I would never visit the U.S. because of all the gun <laughs> violence and because of <laughs> politics. And That's a terrible and, example. <laughs> wow, you know, but I mean, interesting day to day. You know, there's not people being shot in the street around me. Yeah. You know, you hear about it, but it's not yeah. close by. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I mean, there's, there's yeah. probably people on Romulus that hear the Federation saying, "Oh, Romulus is terrible," and they're like, "Oh, you're blowing it yeah. out of proportion." <laughs> Over there, it's terrible, or every now and then. But you know, my day to day life is just my day to day life. It's what I'm used to. Yeah. 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 The other thing about Romulus is it's a resource rich mm-hmm. planet, and the population is very low, so they mm-hmm. have like no issues with food or resources or anything. So mm-hmm. you know, oh, if know you're that. a farmer in the middle of nowhere, like you're probably fine. Yeah, you just pay what the state wants, yeah. and they leave you alone. Yeah, you hopefully know? you give them the food there. Now Remus, not a nice place to live. <laughs> Remus <laughs> seems like a, a a mining slave planet. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to visit. No, Remus. no, yeah. 
Yeah, isn't it dark on that planet? It's like totally locked or something weird. And it's, yeah. it's I don't think the sun ever shines. It's got a horrible environment, and radiation or pollution or something. Yeah, that's not a place. That's not even yeah. a place to visit. From what I mm-hmm. can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, someone mentioned Beta Z before. Mm-hmm. And just circling back to Beta Z real quick. Yeah, even uh, the weddings aside. Everyone in the comments <laughs> wanted to talk about the weddings. But yeah, just, just living my life, I, I it, it would be difficult to get used to people knowing what you're thinking yeah. or pushing their thoughts into your head. We always right. see, see it on Star Trek as people, like a voice you hear in your head. But mm-hmm. I would imagine they can think things into your head. And it's like having a thought that you didn't put there, which would be, I would find very disconcerting. Yeah. 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 I, I would think so, too. Mm-hmm. A, a planet I'd like to visit um was i don't know if it had a name what probably did it because it's fascinating is in voyager there was the planet spoilers where tom uh, paris got in trouble because it was a giant sphere in of water in space it was an absolute water planet i think it it was artificially maintained but that would be so cool just to check that out yeah but that that was a cool episode it was like Mm -hmm. like a jules verne story in star trek you know they're flying around and there was sea monsters and that sort of thing right um, all right, grab some comments real quick. Back when we were talking about Kronos, UFOP seventeen oh one said, visit the house of Quark. <laughs> <laughs> and then said, I wouldn't mind taking a look around the Takan Empire. Oh. Takan, Takan, which one were they? That was that ancient um like the the one that was a dead a million years or whatever before Star Trek. So they would find like a, an ancient Takan ship and that sort of thing. Ah. Series. Next gen. Sure. Uh, All right. Wayne <laughs> says, I wonder if it's because of my military background that I'm rather hesitant to visit the other planets in the Star Trek universe. I don't mm. know. And then he went on to say, I'd find them rather uncomfortable. Well, a lot of the planets are uncomfortable because there's there's drama. There's supposed to be drama. and Our heroes have to escape from that planet or there's a problem there. Yeah. Like most of the planets, you, they don't they don't go to boring planets all the time or they're going to be boring <laughs> episodes there. Yeah. You know? um, unless it's like the, the planet of Irish people. Oh, that's the Scottish planet. The Irish one that came on the Enterprise. The Scottish one is uh, up the long yeah, ladder. You can get ghosted on that planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not what we mean. With it. What, what? Yeah. Oh, it's not. No, oh, that's okay. not what ghosting is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just like that planet, though, there's a lot of people who took their culture and sort of took an earth culture to another planet and kept yeah. it going. You know, that, yeah. that, that Scottish planet mm-hmm. it wasn't Scottish, but it had a very Scottish feel. It seemed like that culture got, got transported there, mm-hmm. um, which might be interesting, you know, to see some plant, some cultures from earth in isolation or exaggerated versions of them because, you know, they sort of been pulled out and people who are, it's like enthusiasts for that culture. It's like going to the Ren Fest is not like going into the Renaissance. <laughs> no. It's a bunch of people who are fanning, being in the renaissance you know I, I imagine there's probably star trek planets well like the like the on the, the uh, ioceans or that one on um prodigy where they were emulating earth cultures mm-hmm. but there's yeah. probably the same sort of thing um yeah sort of like the the culture that um um the engineer with the mustache whose name i just blanked on uh in lower decks came from his his planet seems oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, huh yeah yeah it seems like his planet is like a ren fest yeah. planet yeah yeah yeah, that now, would be the, really interesting. The, the, the comment about the Takan Empire is very fascinating because now that I think about dead civilizations, I would like to visit wherever the seat of power was for either the old ones, the ones mm. who created the androids in the original series, right. and the, the creators of the Guardian of Forever, which some mm. people say might be the same. We just don't know. There's so many ancient races. Um, I would like to see them. I would love to see the Guardian's creators at the height of their power. Right. What they would have been like. I don't know what they were like. I, nobody knows. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, UFOP 1701 says Fairhaven. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> and then Wayne said, well, I'd like to find out what that washing feet thing was all about on the Irish planet. <laughs> oh, Wayne, please don't mention that Irish yeah. planet again. <laughs> well, the, impl- the implication to me was that they started with the feet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it got more involved after that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, a place I'd like to, like Navia, I'd like to visit, but I couldn't stay there for just for a minute. It's not really a planet. 
but I have a huge thing for the Voth in Voyager, the dinosaurs. Oh, ooh, I would yeah. love to see that freaking city ship, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could get close to it because they're not very nice. People. They're not very friendly. <laughs> no, yeah. they're really not. Yeah, that, that's another, that, I've said this before, but that's a, a planet or a culture that I would love to see something like Prodigy tackle. Yeah. They could go all in on the dinosaur thing and they yeah. could have like riding triceratopses or whatever. Like, you, could, <laughs> you know, you could have livestock they brought from Earth and evolved and all kind of crazy things. Yeah. Okay, well, we're about five minutes out. Did anyone wow. have any last planets they wanted to throw in there? What's so one, got, of the things, uh, one of the things I was thinking of was the Allurians and how they like. Are you saying go- Allurians or Illyrians? Uh, the ones from Strange New Worlds. Illyrians, go ahead. Illyrians, yeah. Mm. And, uh, like, what was their... Does anyone remember what their original city was like? Or they just had to leave their own world? Because, I mean, they basically, like, instead of terraforming to fit themselves, they change themselves to fit whatever the planet mm-hmm. is that they go to. I find that pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a cool, interesting culture. Yeah, the, the planet they're living on, the ones that we saw, the colony that we saw... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. That's not a place I'd like to visit. No, I just no, I wouldn't want to live on. I wouldn't <laughs> right. want to really visit any of their planets. I no. understand why the Federation doesn't want to live on any of their planets. Right. <laughs> but like, it'd be interesting to find out what like their original planet was like prior to the reason they had to leave and go. Mm, that would be interesting. Terraform themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, yeah, we've talked about every planet on Star Trek now, so I think we've got, we've got it about covered. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, Navia, thank you very much yeah. for joining us on thank the show. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, and for topic. the idea. Yeah, and for the topic. <laughs> this has been great. Um, so now, where can people find more of you? Uh, I'm on TikTok and Instagram, and my handle is thatgirlavon. And how do you spell that girl, Avon? Um, well, the Avon part. Oh, A Y V A N. Right. <laughs> I forgot how to spell my own T H A T. It's like a spelling bee. <laughs> All right, Keith, how do you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith, where can people find more of you? You can find me on X, Instagram, and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. And how about us, Veronica? Feltnerry.com, which is a website now. Which is a website Yay. now. Yep. And if you're in the Atlanta area, um, you already know this because we're spamming your feeds about it. But we have a show <laughs> coming up on February the 25th at the Red Light Cafe, the Felt Nerdy and Dirty Show. So if you're interested in a, you know, dirty puppetry, burlesque, uh, very adult sort of rowdy show, it's going to be a fun night out. So check it out on, um, check us out on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Veronica's on TikTok, um, but you can also follow it if you just like family-friendly puppet shows. Felt Nerdy uh, or uh, Felt Nerdy on um, Facebook is where you can find us there or on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We have some YouTube videos. And where else can people find us? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Yep, and where can people find you specifically, Veronica? Uh, Dabba Woman 8. Uh, that is my handle on TikTok. That is my handle on for my adult content on um, Facebook. And I have an Instagram. I don't know that I've ever actually used it for Instagramming other than like sucking Star Trek people and watching their content. <laughs> but I'm on there. I might have something on there that I don't remember. I don't know. You can find me. Right. I'm there, supposedly. You know, the way you said TikTok, it almost sounds like a Klingon word. TikTok. <laughs> you TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> a Klingon insult. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it probably is. You know what? We we have we got like two minutes left. So I always say this. Uh, we were we were watching um the what we left behind documentary the other day, and they had the mm-hmm. clip from Worf when he's accusing um Esri of because he's jealous of Captain Boudet and he just yeah. Slevak. And I was like, that's a really good Klingon <laughs> insult because in context, you can tell exactly what he's saying to her because they don't have to explain what it yes. means or anything. Yeah. Like, You'd rather be having dinner with Captain B- Bidet, you sleep hack. <laughs> and she's like, how dare you? Like, that's that a really good, I thought that was a really good Klingon, not a good Klingon word to say. But as Klingon words go, you know, someone did a good job coming up with that one. Yeah, and it sounded natural because sometimes when Michael Dorman do it, he would pronounce the word almost too formally, like it wasn't right. natural. And then he would tell you what it meant in English. So, right. yeah. Right. I mean, he's not a natural Klingon either, so, you know. Well, well, good point. (laughs) All right, Veronica, do you have a closing for us this week? I had one in my head, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Sleevach! If you go to Kronos, don't be a Sleevach. No. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. 
Yeah, we go. If you're just joining us for the first time, we go live on Thursday evenings talking about the latest Star Trek episode, which will resume April 4th, or a legacy Star Trek topic, which is a general Star Trek topic. But Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, you can find us on YouTube. You can find our Facebook group. Uh, we have other social medias that we've sort of let atrophy by because we're not great at social media. But um, we also have an audio podcast. If videos aren't your thing, you can listen to us on the um, search out Earth Station Trek on your favorite podcast platform. And we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.